We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Report with Brad Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs. His name is Brad Biggs. Brad Biggs talks football with you. <laughs> Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Brad Biggs, the football man of the Chicago Tribune, a longtime contributor to the station and a valued friend. And he joins us now. As all guests do on the score hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Big Zay. Morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? Well, uh, I was fascinated to read uh, that the Bears had had a meeting with Jalen Carter on the Tuesday, and then obviously on Wednesday morning was when the uh, the um, arrest warrants were issued and he left the combine and, and resolved, uh, I don't know if resolved is the right word, but paid his court fine or his got, got his bail and then came back on Thursday. So he had his mugshot taken. His mugshot. Okay. Thank you. Um, But so how is that resolved? I mean, did the, did the bears then get a chance to catch up with him again or had they used their 15 minutes and, I, I'm sure that the agents were were trying to take care of the issue and trying to run interference, but you, you can't help but wonder what that what that meeting with him was like, and uh, and what the fallout from it was after the arrest, and if they managed to clarify anything with the player. No, I don't. They certainly haven't had the opportunity to clarify anything with Jalen Carter uh, in terms of. Uh, his alleged involvement in the accident that led to the death of a, a one Georgia player and staff member. The combine interviews, each team gets 45 of them. They're, they're now 18 minutes in length, which is uh, not nearly enough time to uh, dive into issues like this. Like you, you, you almost wouldn't even bring it up if you knew about it because there simply isn't enough time to uh, get satisfactory answers or even give the person an opportunity to really talk you through uh, a a bunch of stuff. So I think um, the uh, teams are probably going to have to get their answers uh, from Jalen Carter in terms of a top 30 visit to the facility uh, leading up to the draft, or or, um, certainly they could interview him. Uh, at Georgia's Pro Day or uh, 
you know, go out and have a private workout with them and uh, talk to them in a setting like that. They can do uh, Zoom interviews, but there's a there's a lot of material that a lot of teams are going to feel compelled to uh, to get answers to. And and really, I mean, this legal process isn't going to uh, be resolved before the draft. You wouldn't think uh, so you're going to be trying to get answers to something that's sort of ongoing, right? Yeah, that would be the case, Brad. That's a really complicated mess. Um, Something that seems a little bit more clear cut, based on what you wrote in the Tribune this morning and seeing what the Chiefs decided to do and not tagging Orlando Brown Jr., the left tackle, who's been to several Pro Bowls, how aggressively do you think the Bears will pursue him in free agency if indeed he is on the market? Biggs, he hung up on us. He, Stumped he, him. Yeah. That, that's one That's one that I'm not certain about yet. Orlando Brown is going to want a huge, massive payday. And I think talking to people around the league, he's a good player. He's not an elite left tackle. Like if the Bears added him, they all of a sudden wouldn't have uh, the best left tackle in the NFC. One guy I talked to believes um, – He's he's actually best as a right tackle, which is where he played uh, when he was a member of the Baltimore Ravens. And he went, he was uh, selected to two pro bowls uh, when he was in Baltimore playing on the right side, but it's certainly another option. It's something to consider. And I don't know that that takes a long conversation at Hallis Hall. Uh, Ryan Poles was in Kansas city when the chiefs traded for Orlando Brown. And I think Kansas city ultimately would still like him, but they didn't want to use the uh, franchise tag for the second year in a row at a uh, price tag at uh, basically $20 million for this season. So barring a, uh, a multi-year deal between Orlando Brown and Kansas City in the next few days, he will be on the open market. Yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. How many guys are on the open market, right? I mean, we don't even know the names yet, um, and there are – They've got all this money, and they've got a chance to kind of set the market. I I think it's an improvement. I think when I look at him, I, it's not about whether he's the best tackle in the league. It's He would be the best one on the Bears, right? And it, it just would make you better, and there's he's young enough to be on their time frame. Yeah, it's certainly the age uh, works out for him because if you're, if you're going to have some big money additions, you want them to be guys that are entering – the prime years of their career. What what gives me pause is every time polls is sort of referenced Braxton Jones, he's been um, pretty optimistic and upbeat about the fifth round pick from a year ago. So that just makes me wonder, you know what, do, do they, do they want to see what he can do in year two and try to improve the line around him and hope that, um, the collection of players they have is better. You know, would he, would Brian Poles be comfortable going out and spending big money on a right tackle, maybe adding another player to the mix and, and seeing what Braxton jo- Jones does in year two? I know what you're saying, Brad, but if you're staying away from a perennial Pro Bowl left tackle because of your confidence level in a fifth round draft pick who was serviceable and might be fine moving forward, but I just think I would question the wisdom of that decision. Well, I just it, 
yeah, sometimes people get caught up in the whole Pro Bowl thing. Again, he's a good – Orlando Brown is a good player. What's the price tag going to be, right? You know, if you could sign him um, at $20 million a year, maybe you feel pretty pretty darn good about that. If the guy wants 24, I, maybe you're out. I don't know. I'm just – I'm just pulling numbers out of the air here, but but you're not getting um, a, a, you're, you're getting a guy that's an improvement for you, but you don't want to be sitting here in, in 2025 uh, and saying, uh, "Geez, uh, can you believe how much they're paying this guy?" Like that that's how you get into that situation when you make uh, w- when you make errors when you when you grossly overpay guys uh, in free agency. So how do you go about um, signing guys in free agency? Are you looking for a different type of player, I guess is what I'm saying. And, you know, there's all sorts of rumors about uh, different guys getting cut around the league. It, you know, yeah. how do you handle, like, say Minnesota cuts Darius Smith. Guy's a pass rusher. You know, he's scheduled to make $12 million. That's not breaking the bank. Adam but- Thielen. They need well. See, Adam <laughs> Thielen has got some age on him, yeah, and, and so does you know uh, Harrison Smith. I mean, they're they, you know and the Vikings, Eric Kendricks, they, they, yeah, right. Hey, they already caught him. Um, but uh, but I mean, um, how do you handle that? What are you looking for? And and we talked about it a little bit earlier, Brad. There is nothing wrong with getting some leadership, some age uh, in the locker right. room. I don't. I I just think there's a difference between long-term deals for guys or, you know, bringing in some guys that can help you. Yeah. I think that's a case by case basis really. And, and, and we talked about it last week, how, you know, some people think that the, the class of uh, cap casualties is going to be better than the class of free agents, right? That um, you're going to have some experienced guys. So I, I think that's not a case by case basis. I agree with you, you know, you can get a veteran here or a veteran there, uh, and you're looking at a couple things. One, how's the guy playing? Like, where is he at? Do you believe he has some juice left in the tank? Number two, what position is it at? Is is this something that uh, where where you've got need, or you think filling that need is going to be a little difficult for you to do? Um, so m- maybe you get one or two guys like that on shorter-term deals like you referenced, but it's going to have to be the right fit because some of these guys that are cap casualties that have been making a lot of money um, may want to make a run at a ring, right? That might be one of their motivating factors in choosing their next team. And on a short-term deal, the Bears aren't a team that's making a run at a ring, right? So, um I think it's a, I think it's something that they're going to be monitoring, and and it's a case by case basis. The big money that they spend, in my opinion, will be on those guys coming out of their first contract or close to it, um, like in Orlando Brown, where you're buying a player that's 26, 27 years old. All right, Brad. Let's talk about the plan. Ryan Poles said to Peter King that he felt very confident that he could turn that number one overall draft pick into a future number one in 24, and a future number one in 25. That's the general manager setting the bar. Is that realistic for him to do? And how unusual or expected 
was the general manager establishing what he planned to get in return for the number one overall pick? Well, it just shows you that all the talk about the interest in the pick is coming from the Bears, right? That they're making it clear, hey, guys, what you know, come get this pick. And I think it's probably because in a perfect world they'd have a uh, trade agreed to before next Wednesday, before the start of free agency, in order to kind of help guide them even just a little bit in free agency, you know, knowing, okay, we've got these picks in return. Here's where we are in round one now. Here's sort of a snapshot of what positions, what what group of players we might be looking at. And then you go at free agency uh, that way. They're not going to get um, two future first-round draft picks uh, in exchange for trading this pick if they make a move with Houston at number two. They might not. I don't even know um, that they would necessarily get um, next year's first-round draft pick if they just went down one spot with the Houston Texans. I find it inconceivable that they would get first-round picks in 23 this year from the Colts, which is number four overall, 24 and 25 if they make a move with Indianapolis. The the Colts don't have to come up that far. So if he's confident that he is going to get uh, three first-round draft picks, then he's trading with a team definitely below Houston and Indianapolis, in my in my opinion. Uh, we'll have to see uh, what shakes out. Maybe that's a move at nine with Carolina. Uh, I would guess that they would want to stay in the top 10. Uh, but clearly, I think the, most of the smoke here is emanating uh, from House Hall, and they're tr- trying to uh, create a sense uh, of urgency for potential buyers uh, to um, to have something done a little bit sooner than uh, you usually see these draft pick trades made. Yeah, it, it. Why is that, Brad? I mean, we keep talking about that idea, it, and and my fear is that 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 means that they would want uh, players, and you know, kind of, um, th- they would get a player or two along with the draft picks, and you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not sure that I want them to be mixing markets, right? I, I mean, if if a if a guy is a potential salary cap, um, uh sacrifice then why would you want to trade for him now in order to get him in house when you have all the money in the world and that should help you do whatever you want to do yeah i don't i mean it could potentially involve uh, a player coming back or it could be as simple as you know if the bears feel like and i'm just spitballing here if they were to flip with houston obviously they would then probably try to trade it again but if they trade, let's just say they traded with Houston and then they were at two. Well, then they're looking at that as they head into free agency, saying, "Well, we're in a we're in a really good spot to get Will Anderson here." And so, um, if you're looking for a pass rusher, a complimentary pass rusher in free agency, you're kind of guided that way. If you have a trade with, um, well, you can't say Seattle anymore after they signed Geno Smith, but. Carolina at nine. Well, you're not getting Will Anderson at nine, right? So maybe then you're looking at, hey, this is an opportunity at nine where we can look at 
an offensive tackle or a wide receiver. Um, and so you realize, hey, we, we got to get some edge rush help in free agency. So I think, I think it would just help them. It would sort of be one part of sort of guiding information for them in free agency if they had a deal for that pick made uh, before the start of the new league year. All right, Brad, in your 10 thoughts on ChicagoTribune.com, you raise the possibility of two intriguing free agents. And the names are Draymond Jones, the defensive tackle, who's looking for a big payday, and Bobby Okereke from the Colts, who Matt Eberflus coached in Indianapolis. And he would be, uh, I guess, theoretically, the outside linebacker. The weak side guy in that defense would make all the tackles. How likely are the Bears to pursue either one of those guys, and, and how expensive would they be? Well, Draymond Jones is is, uh, is aiming for like eighteen million dollars a year. That's the buzz. That was the buzz in Indianapolis. You know, sometimes people you'll get a pretty good range of well, here's what he's looking for. You know, one one team will say, yeah, "I heard eighteen. Another team will say, "You know, I heard thirteen or fourteen. It was pretty consistently around eighteen with Draymond Jones. I I think he's potentially still an ascending player. You know, he's a guy coming out of the rookie contract with the Broncos. Um, He doesn't have uh, Pro Bowl production at this point. Uh, And he he wasn't as effective this past season after Denver traded Bradley Chubb to the Miami Dolphins. But I think he'd be a really good fit for the position. I think as a three technique, that might be the best position for him in the NFL. It's going to be interesting to see where his market goes. He's one of the better players that's available in free agency. The Broncos have worked to try to retain him. I guess there's a chance that could still happen, but I don't believe they're going to use the tag by this afternoon's deadline. And I think this is a guy that's driven to see uh, how much he can get in uh, free agency. Okereke was a super productive player this past season for the Colts. He's got ball production, which is something – that Matt Eberflus stresses, and we heard him talk about in relation to Roquan Smith before he was traded. I think he's probably in the eight to ten million dollar a year range. The only question I would have there is, uh, would Matt Eberflus prefer to draft and develop a guy? I'm sure he's got the confidence that he can identify a player that fits that position. And then, along with his coaching staff, bring that guy along. So do you try to um, draft a guy, and not in the first round, obviously, and then uh, bring him along? So you got a so you got a guy on a, a rookie salary play in that uh, position because I know some people have talked about how key it is to the defense. We all, we all know they've got much greater needs than weak side linebacker three technique. Uh, two edge rushers that probably need another corner uh, before you start looking at who's going to play that weak side backer spot. It's, um, it's going to be fascinating to see how the whole thing breaks down. I think we're all a ton of options, a ton of options, but Pulse kept talking about flexibility and I'm looking at it like, man, you're only going to get flexible when you get a lot more picks. Right. Um, Right. And so, We'll see how quickly something materializes for a trade. They're they're clearly um, pushing uh, in that direction, and and I think it's to have, you know, some uh, just one other piece of information to sort of help instruct and guide them 
uh, as to how they should proceed in free agency. Fair enough, Brad. Thank you, buddy. Great stuff. Thanks, Brad. Have a great day, guys. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.